Hello, welcome to Pensions 22. This is a series of podcasts produced by Osmond Clark and designed to help employers and trustees navigate the key pensions issues which are likely to arise this year. I'm Jonathan Hazlett, partner and head of pensions at Osborne Clark. I'm joined today by Henry Corrigan, a senior associate in our team. And we're going to look at the obligations on trustees in relation to decarbonisation and other ESG considerations when making pension schemes investments. So Henry, thank you for joining me today. Um, Perhaps we could start with a basic question. What does ESG stand for? Yeah, sure. So ESG stands for environmental, social and governance. And in the context of pension scheme investments, what we're talking about is how factors in each of those areas are taken into account when trustees make their investment decisions. And so how does decarbonisation fit in with the wider ESG agenda? So decarbonisation is a subset of ESG. And when we say decarbonisation, we're referring to the transition to a lower carbon economy. Governments and organisations across the world are setting net zero goals to try and address the impact of climate change and decarbonisation is the route to meeting those goals. So why is it so important for pension scheme trustees to engage with decarbonisation? Yes, so the government is looking for the whole economy to engage with these issues, but it has specifically identified pension schemes as having an important role to play. Pension schemes hold large investments over long time horizons. And the negative effects of climate change will be felt by pension schemes if they don't address these risks. Uh, Equally, climate change presents opportunities which trustees can try and exploit through their investments. Um, To support this drive for engagement, there have been a number of changes in the law to try and encourage trustees to take climate change related risks and opportunities into account, both when they make their investment decisions and, and when they exercise their stewardship rights. And this all comes against uh, a wider backdrop of the UK government committing to reach its net zero targets by 2050 and the UK's role as the host of COP26 last year. Um, and what do you mean when you describe climate related risks? Well, in, in terms of risks, um, climate related risks are often categorised as physical risks or transitional risks. Um, physical risks impact the environment and examples would be rising temperatures or extreme weather events. And transitional risks come about because of changes in consumer habits or government policy. And then some examples would be people deciding not to buy a particular product because of the environmental impact um, or a government imposing a ban on petrol cars. And, and both types of risk are likely to have a st- substantial impact on businesses across the economy. And on the other side of the equation, what opportunities are there for large investors such as pension schemes? Yeah, sure. So as people adopt new approaches and government set new policies, there's going to be a general shift to a greener economy. And that shift should bring investment opportunities as new approaches and new technologies develop. And ultimately, both the risks and opportunities are expected to impact a scheme's investments. And then ultimately, that would impact the security of member benefits. And engaging with these issues now, um, trustees can be best placed to mitigate the risks and maximise opportunities. That's great. Thank you, Henry. Um, A few years ago, um, we would often say um, that it wasn't necessarily uh, within the scope of trustees' duties to take these sort of issues into account, um, as they might not be in the members' best financial interests. Um, Does that still hold true? 
So, so trustees should always take advice when making investment decisions, and they might also want to take advice on their legal duties in the context of those decisions. Um, but as a general rule, taking into account the financial risks and opportunities related to climate change in an inappropriate way is in line with the wider trustee duties. Okay, so looking at more recent legislative intervention, uh, I've heard a lot about the new climate change risk duties which were imposed uh, on trustees under the Pension Schemes Act 2021. Perhaps you wouldn't mind just giving the listeners an overview of those new requirements. Yeah, sure. So since the 1st of October last year, occupational pension schemes with assets of £5 billion or more need to meet new governance requirements. Um, and those requirements also apply to um, authorised DC master trusts. At a high level, trustees need to maintain oversight of climate-related risks and opportunities that are relevant to their scheme. And they need to assess the impact of those risks and opportunities on scheme investments. And for DB schemes, that will include assessing um, the impact on a scheme's funding strategy and the employer covenant supporting the scheme. There are also some more specific requirements, such as the requirement to carry out scenario analysis on the impact of average temperature increases on scheme investments. And the government's currently consulting on an additional requirement to require schemes to calculate um, the extent to which investments are in line with the, the Paris Agreement goal of limiting the, the global increase in temperatures. Um, and the last requirement to note is that there are also new trustee knowledge and understanding requirements, which require trustees to make sure they have the appropriate knowledge and understanding to engage with these issues of identifying, assessing and managing the risks and opportunities presented by climate change. And as I understand it, in addition to those new governance requirements, there are also new reporting requirements. What are they? Yes, yeah, so schemes are going to need to report on their compliance with the governance requirements each year. And they're going to do that by preparing and then publishing on a website um, what's been referred to as a TCFD report. OK, that's another acronym. What does TCFD stand for? Yeah, sure. So TCFD stands for the Task Force on Climate Related Financial Disclosures. Um, and the TCFD is a body that's published recommendations on climate-related financial disclosures that have been broadly adopted by the UK government as the basis for reporting on climate-related disclosures ac across the whole economy. Um, so there's a lot of new requirements, both those governance requirements and the new reporting requirements. Is there any guidance available for trustees? Yes, there is. there is guidance. So there's statutory guidance, which has been published by the DWP, which provides detailed guidance to help trustees understand what they need to do to meet the new requirements. And then the pensions regulator and the pensions climate risk industry group have also published um, guidance for trustees, which design, is designed to be read alongside the um, statutory guidance. And then later this year, the pensions regulator intends to consult on revised covenant guidance which will provide more detail on what trustees need to be doing to reflect climate-related risks when they assess their employer covenant. You mentioned earlier that the new governance and reporting requirements only apply to the largest schemes um, with assets of £5 billion or more and some DC master trusts. So does this really apply to the smaller schemes? So schemes with assets of £1 billion or more um, will be subject to the new requirements from the 1st of October this year. So they definitely need to understand and engage with the new requirements now. Um, for schemes with assets of less than a billion pounds, then they're not currently in scope of the new requirements. But the government is planning to review the position in 2023 
Um, and it's quite possible that the requirements or, or some form of them will apply to smaller schemes in the future. Okay, so what should smaller schemes be doing then? So in, in, in the guidance the regulators issued um, in connection with the new governance requirements, the regulators encourage schemes of all sizes, even those not currently in scope, to consider the risks and opportunities that climate change presents to their scheme. And it says that trustees could consider applying parts of the guidance that they think are most relevant to their scheme. Um, so there does appear to be a clear direction of travel um, for trustees to engage with these issues regardless of the size of their scheme. And there's likely to be something trustees can do. And there's also the existing requirements for the majority of schemes to include policies on various G considerations and stewardship um, in their statement of investment principles. Yeah, and there's quite prescribed requirements in relation to the statement of investment principles. I mean, briefly, what, what are they? Yes, yeah, so so broadly, there's a requirement for trustees to include in their SIP, their statement of investment principles, their policies on how financially material ESG factors are taken into account in the selection and retention of investments. And there's also a requirement to include policies on the stewardship of assets. And in limited circumstances, schemes can have policies on non-financial ESG factors. Those requirements have been around for a, a few years, but but recently they've been expanded, um, and that expansion includes including new requirements for schemes to report on how the policies have been complied with, and they do that through publishing an implementation statement. And it's worth noting in relation to implementation statements that the government is currently consulting on new guidance to set out its expectations on the the statements and the underlying policies, um, and it's issuing that new guidance because it considers that policies and reporting in this area have been have been weak to date. Okay, so that's another development for trustees to monitor in this area. Um, in our last podcast, we looked at the new ESOG requirements and in particular the pensions regulators single code. Uh, does the single code itself contain anything about decarbonisation and ESG? Yes, it, it does. So um, the draft codes got specific modules on both climate change and stewardship. And both of those modules will form part of the new ESOG requirement. The climate change module of the draft code says that, um, that an ESOG should ensure that environmental factors are considered as part of the investment decision making process. And then it goes on to set out various steps that trustees um, could include to, to, as part of that process. And in relation to stewardship, um, the single code provides that trustees should take an active role in exercising their stewardship rights and then again it goes on to set out various steps trustees could take to reach that objective. Okay so there's clearly a lot for trustees to be thinking about in relation to decarbonisation and ESG. Uh, what do you think trustees should be doing now to engage with these issues? So yes I agree there's a, there's a lot for them to be thinking about and we've set out in our interactive PDF some suggested actions um, but the first point to note is the one I mentioned earlier, that schemes of assets of £1 billion or more should be taking steps now um, to ensure compliance with the new climate change requirements under the Pension Schemes Act 2021, as they'll need to comply with those requirements from the 1st of October this year. Uh, more generally, we suggest that trustees engage with their investment managers and advisors to understand how decarbonisation and other ESG factors are currently integrated into their decision making and also the scope for integrating those factors further. Um, hopefully those discussions should allow trustees to agree their general principles on these issues and then update um, their policies to ensure compliance with the latest requirements and the latest guidance. 
Um, as a final action, we suggest trustees would consider attending training to develop the necessary knowledge and understanding so that they can engage with decarbonisation, ESG more generally, and the evolving requirements in this area. That's great. Thank you, Henry. I think that's all for today. Um, As you indicated, this podcast is supported by an interactive PDF, which is available from Osborne Clark. So please do contact me or your usual OC contact if you require any further information on decarbonisation and ESG. I look forward to speaking to you in the next couple of weeks when we'll be looking at the pension regulator's new powers, but in particular the new notifiable events regime, which is going to come into force from April of this year. Thank you very much for listening.